What the If is brought to you by listeners like you, thanks to our Patreon members, patreon.com slash whattheif. Go there now and find out how you can become a member and get all kinds of cool rewards. And thank you for supporting our mission for science education and science fun. Welcome to What the If. Boys and girls and everybody in between and beyond. To infinity! I don't know if, does it still count as a spectrum if it goes to infinity? Do, you, do spectrums, well, spectrums do go to infinity, sure. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was just a little tease, a little hint of our if today, which we'll get to in a second. But uh, um, Matt Stanley and Gabby Panisier here. Matt Stanley, coming to us from the New York... I did it again. I keep giving a the to the New York... I know, I've you're, given just the, a, you're obsessed with the definite article. There's no way around it. <laughs> <laughs> definitely obsessed with the definite article. I've given enough to NYU. I think that they don't need another sure, three You're allowed to say that. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. as, as a graduate of the fine film school, um, the Tisch School. So um, how, is, uh, how is New York University... This mo- this lovely morning, it's beautiful weather. Uh, it is relatively quiet, um, and uh, all seems to be going smoothly, so no complaints. Very nice, very nice. And uh, coming to us from a little bit more uptown, a little classier, is uh, Gabby Panicia from, I forget now, The Rockefeller? Yes, it's The. I've yes, got the. of course they have a The. It's The Rockefellers. The Rockefeller. Yeah, yeah. They splurged yeah. for the extra three letters. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you have to pay for those because every building, you know, is they're engraving letters or they're carving right the letters or they're buying mm-hmm. those big brass letters that they put on buildings. That's going to add up all those extra mm-hmm. those, you know, and the space that just requires more space. It really, uh, you have to be a Rockefeller these days to afford a the. <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh, how is is the campus in bloom now? We've discussed the uh, so magnificent. We've passed there. sort of peak bloom. However, oh. the ducks have fully invaded, which is great uh, because uh, they have a lot of their babies on campus. Yeah. Um, so uh, it is the campus is just awash in ducklings, uh, um, and it's always funny for the first duck family that has their babies because they there's like they usually have like twelve in one go, and I can't tell if it's the same duck that she's just got a really spectacular <laughs> reproductive output. But now the babies are all like. They just look like regular ducks. Um, and so it literally is like one slightly, slight, just slightly bigger duck being followed around by a dozen very regular looking ducks. And it's just this like pack um, that follows her everywhere, which is adorable. I mean, there's there's 12 of them. You can't really ignore them. That is fantastic. The ducks, of, yeah. the ducks of the Rockefeller. It's a wonderful scene. And I remember it, it was one or two episodes ago, you were telling us about how the ducks arrived early and the fountains had not been turned on yet. And yet, Yeah, they, they were had... so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I think they'd already laid their eggs on campus, so they were like, mm. uh, is, there, is this going to... And then they, they turned the water on by the time that they were born. So It's like, you know, you arrive at the hotel, you expect the fountains to be full. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you expect the room to be ready. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, what do you mean my room's not ready? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have a really fascinating, I, I'm very excited to get to the IF uh, this week. And it's brought to you, brought to us by you, Gabby. Um, so why don't we get right to it and set, set, give us a little bit of context and then we'll set the, 
will declare the if. Uh, so this is the pre, set the stage for us, and then we'll bring, the if will come down on, as if on wires, you know, uh, with fireworks. Yeah, so it's Pride Month, it's June, um, and one of the things I've sort of encountered in the last couple of years is, is trying to, I don't know, explain more things about queer theory um, and gender and stuff like that, like to my family, uh, who's very open-minded, but not necessarily educated on what, like, I'm going to say the modern rhetoric is, but, you know, queer the theory and gender theory has evolved a lot in the last, like, 20, 30 years. Um, and it's done a lot to sort of decouple things from each other. Um, and so I sort of wanted to talk today about, you know, let's let's break some of that apart, pursue an if, but also I can sort of talk a little bit about, you know, the things, the framework that these things are built on, um, which is sometimes, you know, if, if somebody's listening to this and they're also my age, you've probably heard a lot of this before. Um, but if you're my parents' age, maybe this is the first time somebody would have explained it to you like this. Yeah, and I think before we do, even let, let, I just want to make this absolutely clear because I don't know how many of our audience um, are familiar with this, familiar with Pride Month, as you say, and uh, perhaps even outside the United States. I'm not sure if they know about it at all. Um, and uh, Matt, you happen to uh, be at, at New York University. It's very close in, in, in the neighborhood where... Mm -hmm. um, I believe it was in the 1960s, right? The uh, when homosexuality was illegal, um, or at least you know the um, gay bars oh, it was were illegal. Yeah. Were, were illegal, and yeah. uh, the police would raid these institutions on occasion. And uh, there's a bar now, a very famous bar called the Stonewall Bar, Stonewall Inn, um, mm -hmm. right there in Greenwich Village, where I also used to live. Absolutely wonderful neighborhood, the West Village, right here on Christopher Street there. And right where Christopher Street meets 7th Avenue, there's a little triangle, and there's a park there now, and right in front of the Stonewall Bar. But anyway, they, they raided it, and uh, it sparked um, a, a, a revolution, in, a human rights revolution, a gay rights revolution, um, which took many, 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 many years. But eventually, one of the things it's culminated in is uh, the legality of gay marriage uh, throughout the United States. Incredibly long. Decades, decades, decades long fight that, that uh, still goes on, of course, for equality. But um, because that happened uh, in early June, we um, have had, I'm not sure how long it's been going on now, actually. It's uh, a that's a good question, actually. I don't know. How um, old is Pride Month? But basically, um, there's a weekend uh, in early June where we celebrate. There's a gay pride parade that comes right, usually comes right down Fifth Avenue. Uh, absolutely spectacular, fun for all. Uh, probably the most colorful parade I can think of. It's right up there amazing. with Halloween. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so that's going to be happening. And um, and so around that, there's lots of, uh, it's a wonderful time to be talking about uh, any issues that come out of that. And uh, so Gab that's what, when Gabby says Pride Month, that's what we're talking about. So um, Matt, is there anything you'd like to add to that? Um, uh, no, I think that's a good setup. And what we're going to be talking about today is sort of, sort of the uh, intellectual superstructure that takes, helps us make sense of those developments um, that you've been talking about, um, because it's uh, uh, not always straightforward. Um, and we could use a, uh, a, a well-educated guide. Yeah. Yeah. And so and so the if that Gabby's bringing, just, just to put it out there and state it, and then we can sort of fill in the gaps here is, I think, is this correct, Gabby? What if 
we have a genderless society? Or Yeah, basically, what if there yeah. was no gender? Yep. What if there was no gender? Well, that deserves some music. What the if? We had no gender. Bupkis. Zero. Or is it that it's an infinitely varied spectacle? I don't know. Where will this lead? In celebration of Pride Month, a special if. And I hit the music pretty good there. Thank you. Thank you very much. Gabby, take it away. What are yeah. we, what's happening? So suddenly we have a society with no no gender. What's, what does it look like? Well, so I have to talk first about our society currently with gender. Okay. Because, um, like I said, I think a lot of people don't really think about this. It's just sort of ingrained in the way that we're taught. It's, it's like one of these baseline things that we just pick up existing as humans uh, in yep. a gendered society. Yep. Um, so a lot of gender in the Western world is tied to biological sex. Um, I'm going to say that with a little bit of air quotes just because I want to talk about why that's also kind of wibbly wobbly and we shouldn't air really put quotes as much stock in it as we do. Scare quotes. Scare quotes. I'm going to hit you with this, the scare quotes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and basically because we recognize two biological sexes, therefore most societies recognize two genders. Um, there's a lot of colonialism also tied into this because there are plenty of groups that recognize more than two genders. Mm -hmm. Um, and that has been sort of eradicated by colonialism and Western and Western society's expansion and thus forcing upon, uh, those societies sort of like the Western notions of gender. Um, so for example, um, just like one off the top of my head, um, native Hawaiians have, um, and I, I apologize to any Hawaiians who might be listening to me butcher this pronunciation, but uh, mahu, which is sort of like a third gender person. It's like in between masculine oh. and feminine. Um, so, you know, also currently people identify as non-binary in a modern sense. Um, but mm -hmm. there's also, you know, plenty of historical examples of people not fitting what we think of as gender, uh, right. man or woman. Um, so I mentioned... Just, just to, just yeah, to drill down on that a second, what you're, just to help people understand, sex is basically male or female biologically your your anatomy yes defines it and then gender what is the difference between male gender well, what's the difference and between gender and sex gender and sex yes. yeah what so is one is literally based on physical characteristics genitalia far none um i am saying it that way because i a, a great yeah, genitalia, genitalia bar none, bar none. <laughs> um no, so I, I also want to go into this, so I'll, I'll talk about gender for a minute and then double back around on sex because it is okay. kind of wonkier than people realize. Um, cool. But basically, gender is an expression of self. Um, you, the kind of the thing is that like nobody is running around checking your gonads. And if they are, that's kind of an invasion of privacy. Um, so gender is really more of a social role. Um, there are things that you expect out of an older man versus a boy. Um, although we don't have video for this show, I can confirm that neither Matt nor Philip as grown adult men are running around with propeller hats and overly large lollipops. Mm. Um, because there <laughs> are different roles, uh, oh, for... I forgot my mm. lollipop this morning. Damn. <laughs> I really want one. You know, never I, mind. You know, the propeller hat, actually, I really want. <laughs> 
All right, we can arrange yeah. that. Yeah. We, we should we oh. need to get with that. Okay. Yeah. But, but sort yeah. of what I put a pin in with biological sex is that, you know, when you are young, you learn about it in terms of like hormones that, you know, estrogen is feminine, testosterone is masculine, and that's men and women. And then you get older and then somebody tells you about chromosomes and you're like, okay, XX chromosome is female, XY is male. Um, but it's not like genetics and development when you're in utero. They just kind of like read off and like, oh, yep, you got an X uh, Y chromosome. I'm checking off a list. That's going to be a boy. Um, essentially, it goes back to hormones again. The reason why an X chromosome, uh, two X chromosomes are female and a Y chromosome is having any Y chromosome is male is because sexual development isn't if XX female, if XY male. It's if XY male, if else female. Yeah. Essentially, oh. if anything interferes with the ability to make the hormone that's essentially encoded for by enzymes on the Y chromosome, if anything interferes with those hormones being processed, registered, what have you, development is female. Now, there's also ways too where like if you've ever seen advertisements, especially in the US where we have tons of tons of medical advertising, uh, which does not really occur in other places, for like testosterone gel and there's always like the rapid fire thing do not expose to pregnant women there's a reason for that huh. because it will affect fetal development because the presence of androgens will skew development and you know it sounds like one of these things where you know i'm sure someone in the audience is rolling their eyes of like okay well really how often does that happen well it's estimated to be about four percent of people which is the same percentage of gingers so it's <laughs> a good if you've ever seen a ginger in your life, chances are you've also met a person who's at least in some way intersex. And it's one of these things where, you know, people don't get karyotyped. Um, you can have a perfectly silent XX person chromosomally with a chromosomal translocation that gives them the portion of the Y chromosome that's necessary for male development. We don't screen people rigorously for these kinds of things. Um, and it's one of these things where it's like, all right, okay but maybe you can just look uh, when the baby's born. There's actually something really interesting about that, and I don't actually have the, the measurements offhand, um, but you essentially define males by longer than X measurement for genitalia and females by shorter than X measurement for genitalia. They are not abutting measurements, meaning there is a middle ground. Hmm. And okay. frequently for a number of really? years, what happened was essentially there would be forced reassignment surgery for intersex people at birth and they would Whoa. be made female or at least Whoa. to look more female. All right. The doctor so, would make a decision which way to. Yeah. Without really telling the parents because it was just how it was done. Um, and so already like biological sex is wonkier than we think it is. And so being even more essentialist about gender, which is derived on shakier ground than most people realize is, it's kind of crazy, and it's sort of the root of where more modern movements are coming from decoupling biological sex from gender and recognizing gender as more of a social thing. Interesting. So it, it, I'm, I'm interested in, you mentioned that there, you said there are not abutting measurements. Do you mean in the, wherever these measure, wherever these categories are listed in some official document, that, that the range leaves a gap in the middle, and then the, yeah. the response so it's is like, always like, well, we'll change. We'll physically change the person so that they fit the. Yeah, so one I think that's been by and large outlawed at least in the last couple of years. I don't know if there's been any like sweeping legislation, but only in the last couple of years. Certainly it. not widely practiced, anyway. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, although, of course, part of the reason that sparked me talking about this is the surge in like anti-trans bills, like in every red state in the U.S. Oh. Um, but yeah, it's at least like a little less common. But it, it's sort of like an example of, and I'm picking completely arbitrary numbers. Do not take this to the grave, the post, what have you. Um, <laughs> if it's like less than uh, three centimeters is a girl, and greater than six centimeters is a boy, right? There's they a gap. They didn't. Yeah, isn't that weird? Well, like, yeah, that's, mm. <laughs> there's there's a story there, obviously. Um, so, uh, so in moving towards our non-gendered uh, society, what's the next step? Is it is it purely a societal thing we're talking about, or is it, for instance, here you're mentioning a particular medical practice, which sounds like isn't practiced hopefully that much now anyway. But there's there's an actual change that has to happen. But what's the the, the big step? It seems like is largely cultural, or and where where do you take this, Gabby? What's, no, what's the it's deeply step? cultural. Yeah. Um. So, for example, too, what you might consider the gender of a woman kind of varies also by society and what you expect out of women in your society. Um, so, for example, if you're in a society or at least a cultural group that expects women to be very quiet, um, in the home, submissive, what have you, covered up, that's one expectation of womanhood. Um, another expectation could be that, you know, a girl in her 20s is out doing whatever. She's girl bossing. She's taking on the world. Well, that's another expectation of gender. Um, and similarly, you know, your construction of gender for your grandma is not the same construction of gender as your girlfriend. You don't want to know that your grandma is going out to the club in a mesh shirt and pasties because that's not really what you expect out of a woman in her 80s. I expect nothing um, less and, of my grandmother. Okay, it's good to know you keep a high bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because there's a lot happening in Boca Raton, you know, so. So I think this might be actually a good moment to flag um, something that, that people are often confused about here, is that is this kind, is, once we start questioning ideas of gender in this way, does that mean your grandmother has to be going out to the club with pasties? Yeah, no. So that's that's the fun thing about gender, is essentially once you realize it's all garbage, it means you can sort of define it however you want. So, for example, generally identify as a woman, but I do a lot of traditionally masculine things. I don't think either of those things undermines my conception of self. I am allowed to be whoever the hell I want. Um, so it's it's sort of the difference of like, you know, oh, don't let your daughters play in the dirt. That's gross. But let your boys go play in the dirt. No, let them both play in the dirt. It doesn't really matter. Um, yes. Maybe that's very arbitrary, uh, but it's essentially more of like a removing more stereotyped expectations of these and any actual enforcement of them. That if your grandmother in her 80s decides she wants to shave her head and wear suits, fine. She can do whatever. Well, and also, also, if you do let your, if you let, let both son and daughter play in the dirt and then dad will have to clean dad or mom will clean the clothes it's not defined as to who's going to do take on the role of yeah know, things like that. and there are certain things where it's like you know expectation that women are more nurturing or what have you or something like that that like these are like masculine or feminine traits and the idea is just kind of why no so, it doesn't have to be 
here's something I'm I'm fascinated by, and this may be more of a Matt. Maybe Matt, you can help us in a, in a broader context here. I'm fascinated by the idea, like especially like Gabby, you said no gender. I'm fascinated by the idea of removing a category entirely. It's it's not. I mean the 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 follow on to that is really to say, well, actually, what it means is to allow any, you know, to, to allow a, a wide spectrum or something like that. But I love the idea removing a category from the culture entirely is mm -hmm. a bit mind blowing. Um, uh, it is, yeah, that's right. Um, it's uh, it is a, a shocking kind of thing. Um, but of course, we do it all the time. We introduce and remove categories. Constantly. Oh, like what? Like um, so, like uh, in Western America, we do not accept caste as a uh, as a category. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, but folks who were recently arrived from the subcontinent, um, uh, South Asia, um, do accept caste as an important category for organizing people. And right. there's serious clashes um, here when you have different groups. One, one group of people saying, yes, this is a really important thing for understanding how people should interact with each other and, and the expectations we should have. And other groups say, no, we do not accept that. Um, it's very hard to persuade people that the categories that they were raised with and grew up with um, are not immutable and not permanent. And it's okay to, to say, well, let's try it something, something a little different. Yeah. Um, and I think it's actually for, for all of our flaws as a society, one of the extraordinary things about being a nation of immigrants um, is that we do have these sorts of conversations in ways that um, some other societies do not. Right. Even having the conversation is, uh, would be highly controversial in some cultures, obviously. No, yeah. definitely. Yeah. 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 Um, so Gabby, I, I feel like we are, um, I always wonder about this, um, superhero movies, let's say. The, the uh, superhero genre um, has, as with many other areas of culture, especially popular culture, they've made efforts to broaden the spectrum and to blur the, to, to change, to overturn stereotypes, let's say. That's also what we're talking about. I feel like the word stereotypes hasn't come up, but that's, that's a big part of these gender identification, gender expectations. And um, one thing that's always bothered me is I feel like Watching women with a machine gun in each hand, or you know, basically just you just you literally have taken the male hero, let's say the excessively violent male hero, and replaced it with a female actor <laughs> or actress, as we used to say, um, doesn't really do the trick, it seems to me. But I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. So there's a lot of different ways of like discussing stuff like this where, okay, are you trying to challenge femininity by just making a dude with heels on? Mm. Or like, what is your, where is your line of like progressive? Um, Cause there's like plenty of movies that are like, oh my God, look at this girl. She's crushing it. And she's like doing all of her stunts in heels, which is right. like, right. Right. come on and backwards. guys, you're still, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you're still kind of just like objectifying. You're not actually doing anything novel ideally you know there is there would be something liberating about you know lady with a chainsaw or what have you in the slasher flick um as much as there would be with the woman in a more feminine role that could still be a superhero that you yeah. can have a very feminine dainty superhero and that she would still be taken as seriously as uh, but batman you know what it is i think pretty. 
what I mean is actually flipping it. You don't see, what you don't see really is the, a male, a sexually, biologically male, whatever, uh, character being very effeminate, whatever that means. No. So there's been a lot of push in the, so that's, you actually bring up a pretty good point, right? Yeah. So in ways of deconstructing gender, we've still made, we've made a lot more progress for women in some ways to be more masculine. Right. But it doesn't go the other way. Yeah. So this is sort of a, a thing about because we're in a patriarchal society, masculinity is prized. So for a woman to become more masculine, it's like, well, I can understand why you want to do that. Men are great, you know, insert <laughs> Freud voice here. Um, <laughs> but for a man to be more feminine is still looked down on, um, I think, very stupidly. Um, because we still in, are in a society where manliness is the, air quotes, ideal. Um, right. And I think it's there's actually a... a God, I've seen people do drawings for it. I don't know if there's an actual specific name or push for this. Um, but you mentioned superheroes and comic books and stuff like that. And comic books with women are pretty historically, like, yeah. <laughs> it will draw women in, propo- in poses or whatever that are just objectifying and anatomically absurd, nay, <laughs> impossible. Yeah. Um, and, but all of the dudes are, like, super jacked and ripped. Um, and so there was a push to just redraw all of these, you know, jacked superhero men in comic books exactly the same way that their female counterparts are drawn, so you can see how absurd it is. Oh, um, yeah, that the, the Hawkeye he, Project, right? Hawkeye Project, yes. I, yeah. yeah. I knew there had to be a name for this. Because um, I've seen <laughs> so plenty of, mean? like... Does it mean that they're... It's, it's actually quite hilarious. hilarious. No, no. So there's a distinct, like if you look through comics, there's a dis- there are distinct poses that female characters are drawn and that men, that male characters right. are not. Um, so the Hawkeye Project right. just literally takes male heroes and draws them in exactly the same way, oh, those same poses. Um, and you and realize it's, it's really, absurd. That's right. It's hilarious and anatomically impossible. Because <laughs> you're kind oh, of... Hawkeye Initiative. Sorry. I got that. Yeah. Got and that like, right. I don't want to say like you're kind of used to see women drawn or posed in ways that are kind of ridiculous, but it matter yeah. you kind of are. Like the amount of Photoshopping that goes into like any photo of a model that you see on a billboard or something, that is kind of insane. Like they'll do like wonky stuff too, like lengthening their legs or something like that to make it like to get more of a look. Um, And so it kind of does take the like reframing of like, oh, yeah, that's really weird. Like, (laughs) what? Mm. Yeah. Well, isn't even the the uh, romance novels are I've heard the expression they're called bodice rippers because the covers (laughs) the covers are always the same. You know, it's the guy, the guy standing behind the female character and uh, bodice ripping. I will say the only yeah. different, the only ones that I can say for a fact are always different are Chuck Tingles. Chuck Tingle okay. is a gift to humanity. He writes erotica and romance, but like the the weirdest things. Um, like he wrote one about like uh, bisexual women being gate kept by like turf lesbians, and it was like a romance between a woman and an actual gate. Um, and like anthropomorphized oh, gate. And it, it was like all of his things are like satire, but they're mm-hmm. satire in like erotica format. And he's able yeah. to turn around them so fast. Like if a meme happens within like 24 hours, Chuck Tingle has like a 660,000 word erotica novel 
that's like ready to go. Um, highly recommend just looking at the title, like the cover art for that. It's insane. That's um, very funny. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, it, it, when you talked about we we even talked about um, imagine the. Um, I guess what I was getting at with the movies too is I think what one thing that definitely drives me crazy as a gender as a gender stereotype is toxic masculinity, which I think is a great expression. You know, this kind of just over this uh, being male, uh, this pressure that's always on us, especially when you're growing up, I suppose, to be you know to to meet some stereotype, which many of us nerds, let's say. Mm-hmm. Are, are not, not always fulfill. Yeah. yeah, and in fact, there's plenty of people, plenty of men outside the nerd world who are also feel this ridiculous pressure to be a certain type. Um, and if we imagine the superhero being, I use the word effeminate just for a lack of a better word. Um, and in your your bold if Gabby of saying no gender. We wouldn't even call it effeminate or anything. Maybe we would refer more to just the, I don't know, what words would be gentle or uh, well, thoughtful. Well, presumably or... we would use descriptive words, right? If the person yeah. is gentle, then we call them gentle, um, as oh, opposed yeah. to using these umbrella expectations like effeminate. Right, right, right. Because I mean, effeminate even... accomplishes a lot of things, right? Yeah. What mm-hmm. are you describing as effeminate? They right. have a hairstyle that you think is effeminate. Right. They wear bright color clothes. Is that what you think is effeminate? It's not a very definite word. We only have a picture of it because we have years and years of absorbed gender construction behind us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and even it's still a challenge for, just since we're talking about Pride Month, it's, uh, and I've had a number of friends who've made documentaries about uh, queer identity or stereotypes or all that kind of stuff, um, including um, a friend of mine made a, a wonderful film, which I recommend to everybody, a documentary called Do I Sound Gay? Huh. And it's all about the gay voice or <laughs> whatever, you know, a, a particular way of talking, which he traces back to, um, you know, um, he calls them, you know, these sort of sissy characters from almost British films or something, the butler or this kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. um, and he, he, anyway, it's just a fascinating, complex film. Um, but whereas popular culture has come a long way in allowing gay characters, I would say that the the extreme version of, of what he's talking about there, a particular way of acting, very effeminate, um, for lack of a better term, is still tough to do without it being a joke. You know. Well, it's still played as a joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Very consistently. Yeah. Yeah. I think on, is it Schnitz Creek? Schitt's Creek? Schitt's Creek. Mm-hmm. He's the, the, the lead character. There's uh, um, Eugene Levy's son. What's his name? David, David Levy. Yeah. David, a wonderful actor who really does, it goes a long way towards making that a well-rounded character beyond just a joke, although it's still a comedy. It's a satire. Um, yeah, but David's funny because he's actually like a funny person, I think, yeah. too. Like, That's right. Yeah, him not being just gay playing, is not... Yeah, that's not the core... That's not right. why he's funny. Right. Well, I think, that, by the way, that's how you successfully, in pop culture or in, in drama, um, that's how you begin to humanize characters, by bringing in other <laughs> admirable traits, like humor, mm-hmm. intelligence, kindness. I also think, too, like, like yeah. as far as shows that play jokes about gay people very well is, is like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, because a lot of uh-huh. like 
Holtz jokes about himself. It's never the butt of the joke that he's gay. It's just uh. something about his life. Um, like uh. there's a really great exchange uh. where uh, him and um, Terry Crews' character are, are essentially tossing uh, keys back and forth at each other. It's the keys to somebody's motorcycle that they're like, oh my God, one of us is going to have to take it somewhere. One of us is going to have to ride it. Yeah. And then Terry's like, well, I, I can't ride it. I have kids. And Holtz you know, throws the keys to Holt and Holt's like, are you enforcing your uh, patriarchal norms on, on your cis- cisgender patriarchal norms on me? And he's like, are you really playing the gay card? And of course, Holt throws the keys back to him and goes, yas, queen. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> it uses a bit of like gay culture without making the fact that, you know, Holt knows this gay culture the butt of the joke. Right. It's making it funny because it's, you know, kind of, just, you know, kind of poking fun at uh, a thing that's actually considered normal, having children mm-hmm. and, okay. you know, being concerned about yourself for the sake of your children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so pushing really hard on this now, hitting the accelerator pedal, a, non-gen- uh, a non-gendered society, what does it look like? Well, so I think it's not something where, you know, we all have our head shaved and wear the same clothing like monks. <laughs> I think it's something <laughs> where we do not assign a gender to... Not that really there's anything wrong with that, by the way. Not no, it's pretty tight. Yeah, <laughs> it is a good look. It is a good look. Um, Sorry, you're saying yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. I think it's just that we don't assign gender to things, especially things that like might be like pointless, like the amount of my friends with multiple genders who have their nails painted, just because uh, painting your nails is kind of cool. Like mm-hmm. they've got some wicked colors for that, um, yeah. and it's considered like weirdly feminine for a guy to do. Less if you're like you know my age, because more people are doing it. It's kind of a fashion statement, yeah. um, but it's still considered strange. Um, and so that ideally, if you want to paint your nails, that's not gendered. You just that's like it, the color. It, just that, just that tiny, there's a tiny thing there that really jumps out, which is it's considered strange. In other words, um, that is almost the defining thing about whether um, the signifier has been thrown out or successfully or not. You know, like um, men can wear... Well, again, I was supposed to say any color of tie, as long as you wear a tie at an event that requires a jacket and a tie, mm-hmm. but not not quite, but almost, 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 almost. Mm-hmm. So, um, but so for, forget pink or something, the thing that would jump out and make grandma make comments, except for the grandma who goes to the club with her pacing. So. And, uh, um, you know, oh, you're wearing a blue, in other words, imagine a room full of guys wearing suits and the ties are, Anywhere from they're either blue or red or something in between blue and red, um, except purple. <laughs> no, you, no, it's funny that you bring this up because I was yeah. literally going shopping with my partner this last weekend, and yeah. he likes a lot of really bright colors. Like he likes a lot of like pastels, mm. like yeah. cool, like very like nice like little blues or like yellow. Yeah. Like he looks really good in them, um, yeah. and it's like a very like neat style. But when we were looking for clothes like that, we went. The women's section was like bright. It was a color explosion. It was yellows, purples, greens, everything under the sun. And we got to the men's section and it was blue. It was khaki. Mm. There was a little bit of dark green. Yeah. And ideally, in a world, you would see that that's completely gender neutral. You'd see the same cuts of clothes for both. You'd see okay. the same patterns and colors being used for both genders. Because for some reason, loud colors are like effeminate. Uh, which is like no, which like men should weird, be able yeah, to wear crazy yeah. things. It's it's like if you look at the Met Gala, the women are in like insane stuff, and most dudes are just yeah. in like a suit and tie. Yeah, mm-hmm. like no, it should be more normalized to wear something insane. 
you're at the Met Gala. Fit <laughs> yeah. the theme. I Work. must say that I I uh, I do not dress unusually at all for my assigned gender. However, it I do in, I actually enjoy shopping for clothes. Strangely enough, when I was a boy, I've never thought that would have happened. But I enjoy for. But it. Phil, why me, is that strange? Well, uh, only because gender. when I was well, no, well, possibly, but because when I was a little kid, my mother would drag me to the store. I would cry. <laughs> I would That's do everything fair. I could to avoid going to Sears. Um, but uh, now I go Okay, to, Sears is a special hell. Right, right. So I started going to, I discovered nice department stores, if I might say so. I won't bother naming them because I don't want to shun anybody. But uh, um, it drives me insane. It's still, I find it a hilarious observation and hugely obvious, just so bizarre that when you go to a, in New York, we still have, um, we sort of do, I guess, in malls. But in New York, we still have some of the old department stores where it's a gigantic building. It's a city block, right? Huge building that's one store. It's Saks, Bloomingdale's, Nordstrom, Lord & Taylor, whatever. And uh, you, where's the men's store? The men's store is in the basement. So mm -hmm. you walk in, you walk in, and first it's all the perfume, <laughs> right? Which is a dazzling display. All the perfume and the makeup stuff. And... Um, and of course, they're all the, the mostly women, but sometimes men are standing around them, the makeup artists, and they're trying to recruit the women, right? They're not going up to the men at all and saying, would you like to try on some makeup? So there's that. And then you take the escalator down to the men's floor. If the men's department has a second floor at all, the second floor, excuse me, is in the sub-basement. You go even lower. <laughs> Meanwhile, the other 10 floors in the building are women's clothes. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely astounding. Yeah. Um, so I noticed, but going back to the color, choosing the, the colors of ties, I noticed that I hadn't even realized how, this is again, how ingrained it is in us. As I was surfing through the colors, just imagining different colors of ties, there were certain ones that leaped out at me. Literally, my, my heart raced, you know, as I felt like, oh, red flag. Nope, not purple, not pink yellow maybe but not lime green you know that that mm -hmm. in the non-gendered society you wouldn't have that feeling at all it would just be free to choose any yeah color there might be fashion trends you'd be like oh my god lime green right. was so last year but you're right. not going to choose a tie based on like i don't think that's masculine enough or mm -hmm. i don't think that's, that's right. feminine enough because neither right. of those constructions exist yeah 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 that's good and i should say as someone who uh, as a, I identify as male, um, and I have very slight departures from masculine expectations. So I've got long hair, for instance, and I don't wear ties. Yeah. Um, these are very small things, but the amount of pushback I have gotten on those over the years has been amazing. Yeah. Um, and the the amount of social pressure. So someone who actually departs from those norms. I, I can only imagine um, how liberating it would be to live in a society in which people don't give you crap uh, yeah. about what you tie around your neck or not. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's an instance where you got pushback for the no tie thing? Because I suffer from that all the time. Oh, constantly. Every professional presentation, every job interview um, for yeah. my entire life essentially. Yeah. Um, hmm. And we, uh, oh, we finally figured out a solution to this, I guess, probably in my late 20s, which was to wear um, 
uh, these Nehru style collars where there's no ah, fall on it. So you actually nice. can't wear a tie with it. Um, the <laughs> downside great. to that is a lot of people think that is a uh, priest's garment because it looks like a priestly <laughs> collar. Um, so mm-hmm. I actually remember at my, my job interview here at NYU, somebody came up and asked me if I was an Anglican priest. It's like, no. (laughs) Very specific. Anglican. Well, and that's the funny thing is that's what we're talking about is these categories are so rigid that any indication that you are not following those social expectations um, uh, for gender presentation, people run through the possibilities in their head. They're like, okay, so what kind of a person presents as male but does not obey normal male gender expectations must be a priest. Right. 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 Um, and needs really, to have the church behind him, you know, right, exactly. to, to keep him from getting distribution. punched in the face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So in, in retrospect, it's funny. It was less amusing when I was younger and figuring things out for myself. So well, I'm, glad, I'm glad the next generation has more options. Yeah. And let's remember that, that when you're, you know, we're, we're all a little bit older. Gabby is still quite a bit younger. But um, man, when you're a little kid or you're, God forbid, a teenager going through these issues, it's... It's so powerful and really can be a threat to your safety. <laughs> That's right. You're literally very much so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, oh, it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, I mean, even still, like I'm, I'm only like 25. I remember being terrified when my doctor, my little pediatrician was like, well, you're hitting puberty. I was like, no, <laughs> because it ruined the yeah. sort of genderless experience of childhood because I knew People look at women uh, yeah. differently. And I was terrified of that. I still don't like it. I, I don't like to be perceived. How dare you? Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and so also too, all of my friends were guys. Actually still very consistently, my friend group is mostly yeah. men. Yeah. Um, and so that then that weirdness of like middle school where it goes from you learn gender to you are now enforcing gender upon your your peers basically it's more when you make fun of the kid for the shirt that's too blue or for you know painting their nails with their sister um that was terrifying because then my my male friends wouldn't hang out with me because girls were suddenly made icky um yeah so it's like yeah like it's it is weird all the ways it's like internalized and still experienced even though we've gotten nicely like a little bit more progressive about it um i guess also early aughts um when i was like you know growing up that like gay was like really like the peak of like insult that like kids would throw at each other oh Um, yeah so there was like a weird like backlash in the the early 2000s interesting oh yeah yeah for sure um so so to wrap up uh gabby you you walk outside and it's this new world um what do you what do you see what do you experience this new Uh, i think for one there's no he she being bandied about. It's probably just one word. Um, whether or not we use third person singular they or we've picked a new word, um, we're going for it. Um, nobody's looking at me particularly because of a woman in the street. Um, that's one thing. New York City is, uh, it do be like that sometimes. Um, there's no weird, oh, there's no weirdness about me walking through a door before a guy. That's so annoying. <laughs> the weird like shuffle of like like yeah. somebody stops and like you're literally leading the way. Like go through the door. Um, there's none of that weird awkward shuffle. Um, just like a lot of like little things just don't happen. I get to go through a day. Like 
I don't know. Maybe that sounds very stupid, but it's very like liberating for me. The idea of just not having to deal with some of this. Oh yeah. No, that's very powerful. That's very powerful. How about you, Matt? Uh, well, I should say I would love it. Um, uh, if the world that Gabby just described was one that my daughters could inhabit too. Um, uh, and they did not have, um, to worry about these things day in and day out. Yeah. Yeah, right on. I guess for me, uh, just using my earlier uh, observation, is that I walk into a department store and it's uh, 14 floors and there's no definite, you know, there's anybody, it, it's fully integrated. Um, it's just clothes. It's just, just clothes. clothes <laughs> and it's just people trying on clothes. Yeah, exactly. It's just clothes. That's such a radical song. <laughs> That is amazing. That is a T-shirt. That would be a fine T-shirt. Um, uh, well, thank you. Thank you, Gabby, for this passionate and uh, incredibly uh, uh, well-observed uh, if. It's very powerful and very, very um, important and, uh, and, frankly, fun thing to think about mm -hmm. at this time. It's uh, one, of the, one of the great things we can do in this, in this month as well as all year. So thank you for that. Um, Matt, uh, anything you'd like to plug? Uh, no, nothing particularly interesting. Well, actually, I'll plug yes. the, Pride, the Pride Parade, um, ah, June woo. 26th, uh, right in my neighborhood. So come on down to Washington Square Park, and you'll see some uh, lots of really interesting people thinking differently about gender. Yeah, right on. And in fact, whatever city you're in, look to see if they have, a, uh, there are more yeah, and most more of big, these. Most big cities have a Pride Parade these days. So. Yeah, yeah. Even small towns. That's nice. Time. It takes time. Um, and wherever you are in the world, let us know. What's your experience? What, how do you uh, encounter gender or what parades do you attend in June? Um, let us know. You can always email us, by the way, feedback at whattheif.com and go to our website, whattheif.com, and uh, click contact and you can send us a message. I think right there on the front page is a little box. You can type us a text and send us a message. We are on Twitter at whattheif.com show and most importantly we are on patreon and we thank all of you patreon supporters an ever-growing number of people who are becoming members of the if super <laughs> ifers by membership uh in which case there is all kinds of fun merch available and among the different kinds of bonuses you get as a member we do exclusive um kind of after party after show discussions uh sometimes and we'll be doing one um today for this uh, this episode so there'll be an exclusive additional discussion with uh with gabby and matt and myself uh on this topic or some additional thoughts about what's in our mind these days only for patreon members so patreon.com slash what the if check it out um and so gabby would you help us uh wrap up our, our what's our closing ritual why do we do it and how should we feel as we do it yeah uh, so as we are adventuring out into this uh, brave new world where everybody is wearing whatever clothes they want, whatever color they want, whatever hairstyle, glasses, earrings or no earrings, what have you, we cannot help but shout the name of the show that has brought us into this strange and wonderful new universe. What? We'll see you next week. You be you. And we'll see you as you. Always next week. Thank you for listening. <laughs>